what's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for today's episode. Alex and Lauren are here from the Basic Bitch Podcast, and we cover like a trillion stories. (laughs) So I can't wait to dive in. One of the ones we talk about is Kim Kardashian's lack of Valentine's Day social media. Usually we get the, you know, Instagram story of Kenny G in their like lobby (laughs) foyer. I don't know, whatever. In their house that is just like white blank walls. We get the flower wall. We get the million roses. And there was nothing this year. So we speculated this was the most confirmation we've had about an impending Kimye divorce and unfortunately right after we recorded I think the day after TMZ reported that they had filed divorce papers and I'm a lot sadder than I thought I would be I think I'm reminiscing about the good old days of Kimye and you know it's always sad to see people break up I think that the question now that's on everyone's mind is what happens with KKW Beauty? Where does the W go? Is it now just KK Beauty? Does she do a full rebrand? Only time will tell. I'd be curious to know what you all think. So slide into my DMs. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at RTBP Podcast. Let me know by sliding into my Instagram DMs at RTBP Podcast. Okay, let's get into it. I'm here with Alex and Lauren from the Basic Bitch Podcast. Ladies, how's it going? I'm doing good. Drinking some wine. It's hump day. Oh, doing great. I got my wine too. Oh my gosh, (laughs) I'm missing out. I should have I should have known from your Instagram content and the few times we've messaged, I should have known to bring a glass of wine. I love it. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about each of you? Yeah. My name is Alex. Um, I am 27 years old. Uh, I currently live in the greater Seattle area, same as Lauren. And uh, I just had a baby in December. So I have a little two and a half-ish month year old. Uh, Her name is Kinsley. So I'm on mom duty, but when I'm not on mom duty, I currently work at Starbucks Coffee Company at the headquarters in Seattle. So in true basic bitch fashion, uh, I embrace that and work for a coffee <laughs> company. Uh, super basic. And I guess maybe fun fact about me. Maybe we'll, yes. we'll throw that in there. Let's see. I'm half Arabic, which a lot of people don't know. And my father is from Jordan. And I am a dual citizen. Nice. Very cool. Have you been to Jordan before? I have not been. When I was younger, it was when like after 9-11 had happened and all that stuff. So it wasn't super safe to go over to the Middle East. And now that it is a lot safer, I just haven't had the chance. You know, I was in college and then got married and things like that. But at some point, I will be taking a family vacation over there. Yeah, you can bring your daughter. That's really cool. Yeah. I love that. And Lauren, what about you? Well, before I jump into me, Alex always does this and undersells herself. She totally just glazes over the fact that she owns a small business and she's a freelance makeup artist and she does like bridal makeup and hair. And like, she is like booked every freaking weekend in the summer. So like, I don't know how you glaze over that, but just wanted to let the people know. (laughs) That's amazing. And it's kind of funny that you say that 
because I forgot, but right before we're recording this, I was working on contract stuff for my clients. So (laughs) I don't know how it mom brain. I'm just going to blame it on that. Well, so I'm Lauren. Um, I am 28 and I'm also from the greater Seattle area, born and raised just like Alex in my professional career, I guess we could call it. Um, I am a recruiter for a local consulting firm. Um, and I also do like HR stuff. So like people love to call me with their HR problems and get my opinion on it. But, um, I'm also a graduate student, um, working on my master's in human resources on top of the podcast and school and work. I also am psychotic and decided to open a small business with another friend of mine. So I co-own a candle company um, called Cussing Candles. And so a little busy, um, but now I'm trying to think of a fun fact. I don't have a fun fact. Do I have a fun <laughs> fact, Alex? You're fun. I don't know. <laughs> That's my fun fact is that I'm fun. Okay. Now I'm totally spacing now that I'm put on the spot, but I guess my fun fact, cause it is relevant to this episode that we're going to be, you know, or the content we'll be diving into today, not to totally give it away. I'm so sorry, but I did just do an ultra deep dive myself on the free Britney movement. So I'm like way up to speed and like here for all of this. So that's my fun fact is I've dedicated many hours in the last couple of weeks to it. Nice. Okay. I'm so excited to learn from you then because I feel like as a citizen and a lover of Britney, I need to (laughs) do some more research. Maybe, I don't know, start a campaign or join the campaign, I guess, get like Mm -hmm. some t-shirts printed. (laughs) I just want to say for one second and yeah, we're losing listeners by the second, but I love Seattle so much. And I just want to talk about Seattle for like two seconds. Yeah. You're in BC, right? Yeah. I live in Victoria. I'm from the interior of BC, but my mom's from Tacoma. Okay. I have family in Seattle and I would go to Seattle like every summer for two weeks for like my entire life until COVID happened or like As a kid, we would go for like two weeks, obviously. And then when I went to like university and stuff, I'd go on like Easter or, you know, like some of the like the long weekend holidays. So Mm -hmm. I love Seattle and I miss it. It's probably one of the first places I'll go to once the pandemic is over. And Mm -hmm. I just want to go on like a Target run and like, I I know that you have better things than Target. There's no Target in Canada? No. Okay. Okay. How do you survive? I don't. I physically don't. That's why you two show up looking so cute. I look like a fucking ragamuffin. Stop. Because I don't have access to Target. I will say my sweater is from Walmart. So do you have Walmart? Oh my God. Yes, but it's not like the American quality. Oh my gosh. Well, we can send you Target care packages. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) So. I've probably talked about this many times on the podcast, but we had Target for two years. It was the best two years of my life. It was, I think, like 2016 to 2018, maybe, maybe 2015 to 2017. And I would go literally every single day because I loved it so much. And now um, we don't have it. They like didn't do well here. They didn't have like the product that they they would in the states it didn't get replenished like quick enough and people thought the prices were too high and so yeah it didn't do well and so it left oh my gosh well I for the sake of you and your target needs I hope that you can come into the states soon as well because 
I'm sure Target misses you. <laughs> I swear to God, I funded the, the local Target um, <laughs> when it was here. Like, they were the only, only reason they were doing okay was because I was there blowing all of my money. <laughs> I don't think I could live without Target. I was there yesterday. And it's just like, I think it's always funny that at the Target checkout, they always ask, did you find everything okay? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And, and more yes, like yeah. just take all my money, take my whole entire paycheck. Oh, completely. I truly don't know how we live with it. We just don't have like an equivalent department store that's like on the cheaper end that has cute stuff. Like I would not go to Walmart to like buy that cute sweater you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Like, Well, I remember I was in Victoria last, I guess, 2019, November 2019. And um, we we like went around the town, like not just the touristy part. And like every store is like a expensive, like Lululemon, Patagonia type of store. And I was just like so is everyone here just rich or like what's happening (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's so true yeah victoria it's like a lot of yeah either small local boutiques which is obviously excellent and like Mm -hmm. shop local etc but sometimes you need target yeah (laughs) and yeah a lot of it is like really expensive stuff but we have walmart but we just really don't have an equivalent so yeah, I miss Target every day. I'll tweet that out like once a month, like just still remembering <laughs> the good old days of 2017. <laughs> and I know Seattle has a lot, a lot more than just <laughs> just Target to offer. But yeah, that will be my first thing I do once the pandemic is over. Target is definitely one of the high points of the area. I mean, there there's some nice things. And when you've come in the summer, I'm sure it's great. But as you know, if you come in the winter, it's just like, well, Target is really all we have. So yeah, I probably hit a lot of the good things. Okay, today we have an exciting episode. We're going to do a little bit of a social media roundup. We learned a lot on uh, Instagram this weekend. I will say that. A lot of celebs uh, celebrating Valentine's Day. We're going to talk about framing Britney. And then we're going to share some This Week in Petty stories. I'm sure, Lauren, working in HR, you have... (laughs) lots of stories that you probably can't share on the pod but like I sometimes I want to work in HR just to get the hot goss Mm -hmm. there's there's lots of it to be to be talked about for sure (laughs) amazing okay let's dive into our first story um Megan and Harry are having a second kid I'm so excited about it what do you two think well so I read a headline that the day they announced it was the same day that Princess Diana announced one of her children's, her pregnancy with, was it Harry that she announced? I think it was Harry. Yeah, I thought that was really cute. I mean, I'm I'm not super, like, big into, like, the royal couple I was when the, it first kind of, you know, like, with Kate and William and then, like, Harry and, and Meghan. But, um, I mean, it's always great to hear about babies. Who doesn't love babies, right? Did you guys watch The Crown? I haven't watched season four, and I know I need to. I was going to say, I've seen two seasons, and that's it. In this last season, it has opened my eyes so much to the royal family. And at first, I was in love with them because I was like, oh, my God, you know, it's royal. I love the fashion and, like, the whole entire idea of it because we don't have that here in the States, obviously. But after watching that, I'm like, ooh, Mm -hmm. like, the queen just kind of seems like a bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and just the whole entire family's kind of messed up. And then there's like, I saw on TikTok like this 
I don't even know if it's called a conspiracy theory, but this girl like deep dived into how Diana was actually killed by the Royal family. And I'm just like sucked into all the theories. And now when I saw that, I'm like, I want to be excited, but I'm not, not excited because I feel like the Royal family are just mean people. So I'm mixed feelings about it. Definitely think that they've done some like unforgivable things that I don't really follow anyone outside of Harry and Meghan now. I just I feel like the other because they've left the royal family. So I feel like I can be at peace following them. But (laughs) I feel like anyone else is just too close to. Yeah, like the institution. And I feel like they do bad stuff. I feel like there's so much shady stuff that like we have no idea what goes on and I'm like on board with that conspiracy theory about the Princess Diana thing Um, but I'm sure there's so much more that we don't know about it but I feel bad like talking smack about the Queen because this should have been my fun fact. When I was in high school, I went to London with my Girl Scout troop and she was like, oh, an American Girl Scout troop is coming to this country. Like, let's invite them inside the gates at Kensington Palace I'm sorry, Buckingham Palace for the changing of the guards, which like does not happen. And she invited us in and we just, it was just on the gravel, like on the gravel area, but we got to go behind the gate when they did the changing of the guards and it was really freaking cool. Um, and you have to have queen's approval for that. So I can't talk too bad about her. That is really cool. Cause when I went there, like, yeah, you can't even get like close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that's a special experience. There were some really mad tourists though. Like they were like harassing us through the fence. And I was like, okay, you're mad at like 16 year old little girl scouts. Like you need to like reprioritize your life. Totally. Well, it's like an obsession. Like we're going to talk about Brittany, but it like the fanfare for the Royal family, like is nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really like the picture that Harry and Meghan released though. It's very like Notting Hill, like, you know, the end scene where Julia Roberts is like head is on the actor that I can't remember his name. I feel like it's very classic. Yeah, It's just like a, a very classic traditional family photo in a way. The style of it, the like the colors and things like that. It, it's very pretty. And I do have to give them major kudos for leaving the royal family and having the guts to do that. So um, I like them. It's been a year now. We're coming a little over a year since they did that. And I, yeah, I, I hope that they're like on track of like what they wanted to do in, in the States and um, with their like professional lives and stuff. Cause I feel like, yeah, this past year is going to be hard. Megan wrote about her like miscarriage in the summer um, and they've gotten a lot of flack and like obviously the press and by the public. So yeah, I just, I just wish them all the best. I do kind of find it funny that they came to the States of all places, I'm like, we're a shit show. We had a Cheeto for president and like, why would you come here? <laughs> I know if I could like probably choose to leave the States and go somewhere else, I probably would because I'm sorry, we're just, we're a shit show. I wonder, I always wonder if they went because like, again, it was like right before the pandemic started. I always like am curious if they like went there and they're like, we'll just be here for like six months or something like that. And then we'll find like our forever home. And then they just like accidentally got stuck like (laughs) (laughs) during COVID. I don't know. Who knows? They are going to be doing like a tell all interview with Oprah in early March. Will you two be tuning in? Uh, Absolutely. Yes. I love that. Yeah, I'm going to tune in 
I I'm so excited, and I hope they like. I hope it's not teased as a tell-all and then it's like super super surface level. I hope they like get into all of the good stuff. Knowing Oprah, she is like not a fan of like teasers and clickbait. So what she's what she's advertising is what you get. Well, and I think now since they left the royal family, they're not under all their rules that they have. So they might be able to spill the tea for us. I hope so. I really, really hope so because I want it (laughs) so bad. (laughs) Another interesting story from our Valentine's Day social media roundup. Michael B. Jordan, he just went Facebook, a Facebook official with Lori Harvey. And he surprised her with a private aquarium tour and dinner. I thought that was a great Valentine's Day date. Like the blue lighting is just really romantic. If a man took me to the aquarium to have dinner and I'm guessing, you know, he like had the place shut down and things like that and like set up the caterer, I'd be like, yes, I am giving it to you tonight because (laughs) that is cute as hell. It is. (laughs) I feel like so many movies I just uh, rewatched to all the boys I've loved before and they go to the aquarium, like they they have a scene in the aquarium. I feel like a lot of rom-coms have like a in front of the jellyfish tank like mm-hmm. scene or something. <laughs> so I appreciate that. And there was like tons of candles and roses. It looked really beautiful. Must be so romantic. One of our proms um, at our high school was at the aquarium. It was like the like ultimate prom location was the aquarium. And I'm like, I don't get it because I'm like, wouldn't it smell like fish or something? But okay. But I guess if the lighting's right, I guess. I don't know. Yes. I really think it's the lighting. Like, it takes beautiful photos. Here's the plot twist in this romantic story. Uh, They had a six-course meal um, in one of those, like, 360 fish tank situations. The six courses included a fish course. (laughs) Do (laughs) Do you think you could eat? fish in front of a fish tank (laughs) no I just can't (laughs) I don't know I think it depends because obviously at the aquarium they're like tropical fish it's not like there's salmon (laughs) you know I'm guessing they probably had you know salmon or something some fancy fish like that or that's probably not in the fish tank (laughs) I don't know it's just disrespectful to those other fish like watching their like friends be eaten I'm I don't know yeah I feel bad for the the living fish that are watching them. Like it's like if we went to a funeral and then like watched someone eat a human. Like what? Like, oh I'm just saying. It's what like the it's the, they're literally that's the same thing. <laughs> cannibalism is gross. Don't do it, people. <laughs> yeah, we've learned too much about cannibalism in recent times. Yeah, I just. I feel like I can't eat fish or meat with thinking about where it comes from. So it's a no from me. I just could see myself on this like romantic date with Michael B. Jordan of all people and just this beautiful (laughs) candlelit dinner and me just being like, I can't do it, Michael. I can't. Or maybe I call him Mike. Mike. Uh, Mikey. Yeah. Mikey. Like, I can't. I can't eat this. I'd call him Zaddy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I'd be like the rude one, like turning down the fish, hoping it it's not like a deal breaker in this relationship. So kind of speaking of, you know, like going on dates and eating fish, uh, kind of random but funny story. When I went on my first date with my husband, I don't like 
raw fish, like sushi, like the nigiri and stuff like that, or like the ahi tuna, like raw. And we were getting drinks and he was like, let's share a bunch of appetizers. And I was like, okay, yeah. You know, you like you pick, I'm really flexible. Like I'm not a super picky eater and I let him order and I didn't really pay attention. I was like trying to be all proper and like cute, you know, first date vibes. And he ordered like an ahi tuna thing that was on like little crackers and it was raw. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Tuna tartare. Yeah. Mm. And so I sat there eating it, thinking to myself, oh my God, I want to barf. (laughs) But I could not tell him that I didn't like raw fish. And then it wasn't until like a couple months in that I told him, I think he wanted to go get sushi. And I said to him that like, I didn't eat raw fish, and he was like, but on our date, you ate it. And I was like, yeah. And I wanted to, be- <laughs> yeah, you're like, I was being polite. <laughs> yeah. That's oh so God. funny. Yeah. I, I've eaten countless times, <laughs> like gross things that I have not wanted just for the sake, just the things to you do for face. love. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Another wild story. This is kind of getting into Bachelor Nation. Because we're kind of on a Bachelor Nation timeout. We're just taking a little bit of a breather. But Dale and Claire, of all people, were spotted in Florida hanging out together. Yeah. Um. So I know we haven't really gotten too into it yet, but like we talk all Bachelor on our pod and it's like, our lives it's very consuming like people get frustrated with us when we talk about it all the time so in the midst of all this drama with chris harrison and rachel the rachel good rachel bad rachel whatever then dale and claire are spotted and i'm just like what the what the hell what the hell's going on here hmm very interesting timing Yes. Okay. That was my question is, do you think it is literally a ploy from Bachelor Nation to get us to stop talking about Chris Harrison and his years of racism that have come to light? I don't think so. Because the Bachelor franchise would probably, they would have to go to either one of them, Dale and Claire, and say like, you know, hey, (laughs) we want you guys to like be spotted together and yeah like Lauren just kind of did the money sign (laughs) would probably have to pay them but I almost feel like Claire in in this last season of The Bachelorette realized that she got screwed over by The Bachelor franchise because it was planned all along for her to dip out in the middle of the season And I don't know if I was her, I would be like, uh, no, go screw off bachelor franchise. Like you did me dirty. I'm not going to do a favor for you. And according to, I believe it was E news that put out a little article today saying that Dale contacted Claire and wanted to make things right with her and work on their relationship because he kind of felt bad about the way it ended and like the rumors that surrounded their breakup. But the pictures and the rumors are that they were holding hands and that they were flirty and hugging. So I'm like, well, obviously, I don't know. I feel like they have still some sort of feelings for each other. So I feel like it was genuine. I also feel like if they didn't want to be caught, they know how to not get caught. Mm -hmm. And so for whatever, whatever the reason is behind this, 
whether the intent is to just get things smoothed out and then be amicable to like, or if they're out planning to get back together, we don't know. But if they didn't want people to know, they know how to be sneaky. And like, they clearly were not being sneaky in any sense of the word, like no sunglasses, no hats, no masks, like, which is a whole other thing in itself. And so like, they wanted to get caught. I think, I don't know why. Um, but I did just watch a video that Claire posted a couple of days ago. I think it was like a 15 minute, like IG live. And she just kind of was talking very vaguely, but I could see her like wanting or willing to give him like a second chance, but that's just from my perspective. Okay. There's literally so much to unpack here (laughs) (laughs) for some reason for them meeting up to me makes their relationship seem more legitimate Mm -hmm. like just Mm -hmm. because like I get that like meeting up if things were left on like bad terms and wanting to smooth things over or like even rekindle stuff like that does make me feel like it was real I was obviously like everyone else was thinking especially after they broke up so soon just thinking like this was 100% fake on Dale's end maybe also on Claire's but definitely tables and there's so many questions like I could see bachelor nation being like here's like a hundred k or like something yes like <laughs> like huge because a hundred k to that to the franchise is peanuts but to like normal people like um Claire and Dale obviously they're not normal people but stir up some drama the internet detectives like us will be like analyzing <laughs> all these photos and not thinking about Chris Harrison so I'm I'm just on like two fences I also find it weird that like if he wanted to smooth things over wouldn't he go to like Sacramento or that's what I was gonna say why are they in Florida he doesn't live in Florida no she she flew there I think he flew down from New York and I think it's because Florida has really loose COVID regulations so um that's why they met there but she yeah she did fly there which I feel like goes to show that she still has feelings for him. And I mean, she's willing to fly cross country in the middle of a pandemic. Well, I would have made him pay. Yeah. <laughs> I hope she did. 100%. My question is though, so they broke up. She probably had to give her ring ring back to Neil Lane. If they get back together, does she get, does the, she ring get the ring back? <laughs> or like, did she, did she permanently have to give it up? If it was me, I would say the ring is tainted and I don't want it back. Yeah, I'd be like, I I would need a new one if we were to get reengaged. I think, like, I don't know how fast they have to give it back. I wonder if she, like, I don't know, still had it or if they do reconcile, that would be so fascinating. Um, I've seen so many videos of him, like, out and about going out and stuff and just I feel like doing exactly what we thought he wanted to do all along, which is like kind of be semi-famous and just like live it up. Mm -hmm. But I think you had a really good point, Alex, about like she was probably the only bachelor they've ever had where they just like edited her like they didn't give her a, a good edit, quote unquote, like a favorable edit. And if Bachelor Nation was like, hey, we need to like take some of this, the eyes off of us. Like she would be like, I need some like what favor do I have to owe you? You like shot on my season and I'm like hated mm-hmm. because of you. So yeah, I, I I'm just so curious. I'm 
I'm so on the fence if I think that this is like a setup or not. Only time will tell. I mean, the romantic in me is hoping they get back together, especially if all the stuff that we saw about Dale was not true. But if he's a piece of shit, she should just dump him. But, you know, she can find someone better um, if the things that we've heard about him are true. But I guess, you know, it's up to her. It's her life. I feel like the things we have heard about Dale are leaning towards the truth because there was, gosh, it was maybe two weeks ago when he went out in New York with like, I think it was Noah. It was like a bunch of the bachelor guys and they were at some like restaurant bar taking like tequila shots with a bunch of girls. We saw a video of him like fucking hammered out of one of our followers sent it to us and he looks turnt. And he's like surrounded by a bunch of chips. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I don't get the greatest vibes from him. I don't either. Like I know the night you're talking about, he posted like to his Instagram stories, him in a cab with a bunch of like the bachelor guys from his season. And Mm -hmm. it just, it looked like what he wanted to do. And like, he was obviously like drunk enough to like post that. I also... I'm rooting for a reconciliation. So I don't know what I want. I'm so, I'm so on the fence. And I think true, I guess, uh, Bachelor Nation fans, you know, we're all rooting for a love story. We all want to see them succeed. Yes, I want to see them together and back together, but I just don't know if they're, they're good together or if Dale's in it for the the right reasons. <laughs> yeah, truly. <laughs> the age-old question. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to some Kardashian news. Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker are Instagram official. I am so into this couple. What do you two think about it? Being a Blink-182 fan and a Kardashian, well, kind of Kardashian fan, like half. Yes. Half of them yes. are fans of. I mean- I'm here for it. I don't actually know the history of Travis's like love life. I'm just surprised like she has not gotten back with Scott. Like I've just been waiting for that shoe to drop. Same. And it seems like in the past couple years, we've gotten like hints that they would get back together, like their photos and family vacations together and like him commenting on her Instagram posts. But I just like them so much. And I'm so surprised that we got a official post. I didn't think they were going to confirm it for ever. She kept like her Eunice relationship really private until they like went Instagram official like after like months and months. And yeah, so I was just really surprised, especially with another like big celebrity that they went official so soon. I feel like Travis Barker he his ex-wife is Shayna Moliker and she is a former Miss USA and she is the owner of the Miss Nevada USA pageant I'm a former Miss Washington USA pageant girl my roommate at Miss USA was Miss Nevada USA so I've heard some stuff from the circle about Travis um, and his marriage to Shayna Moliker I think he it's kind of like a shy, kind of quietish guy. He's not like over the top. And I feel like that's Courtney's personality too. So I feel like they're a really good match because they're both kind of mellow and he's hot as fuck. So I would just like to say that I'm very proud of Alex for knowing who Travis Barker is and who Blink-182 is because that's not normally 
what? Like, <laughs> Your vibe? You like, who are, who's this? Who is that? And I'm like, the fact that you know who he is. I went through like my emo phase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. We all had one. <laughs> I'm just, I'm impressed. I've seen some also some things about him, like when they had like a pretty messy divorce and he said like some rude things about her on MySpace and stuff like that. Good old MySpace. <laughs> yeah, it seems funny to think about. But when I watched the reality TV show, he seemed like a loving, caring partner. So like that's what I'm holding in my head. And I, I feel like in the show, when I watched him and Shayna, they had such a communicative relationship. And Courtney, as we know, is the worst communicator in <laughs> the world. Like, I feel like if I went back, she's like me. <laughs> yeah. She is like literally, I wish I like studied her when I studied psych and interpersonal relationships because I feel like she is just like a classic stonewaller and like, just like can't be vulnerable, which like is really difficult. So like I get it. But are you explaining me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I hope this works out because Scott Disick also went Instagram official with his girlfriend, Amelia Hamlin. They were spotted at the beach and like getting takeout on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I had to look up who that was because I was like, first of all, who is this person? I knew about the age difference, but I was like, who is this girl? So she's Lisa Renna's daughter, right? From Real Housewives. Mm. Yes. Yeah, he like bleached his hair. It looked very like midlife crisis. <laughs> I mean, if he's dating a 19 year old, I mean, I'm all for people like I'm not I don't, I don't really care about like age differences. People have been weird about like my boyfriend and I's age difference, which is only eight years. I mean, but this is a whole nother level, but I don't really care. Do you? But it just definitely like the the hair dyeing, the age difference, a lot of other behaviors he has seems very much midlife crisis like. According to E.T., Scott says they're not super serious. I mean, are we surprised? AKA like we're boning. That's what he's saying. I would be so curious to like interview Scott and be like, what would it take for you to get married? Because I feel like him and Courtney should just be married at this point. Like, I feel like they're, they're going to be like 80 years old and then finally get married and realize that they, they love each other yeah. and like have this big old, like, Oh my God, where have you been my whole entire life? Like life-changing moment. Yeah, I'm still holding out for that. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, there are a few couples that I think are endgame. Nick Jonas and Miley Cyrus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber. And uh, Kourtney Kardashian and Scott Disick. I don't know. I just feel like you're right that, yeah, they'll be like, why did we waste so much time? It'll be something like that. Mm -hmm. And also the hairstylist that died Scott's hair should be fired and have a cosmetology license taken away from them. It It's so bad. I just feel like it's something that like a TikTok boy would do or something, but like at 16 or 17 and then like, yeah, it just looks very sad on like an older gentleman. Somebody call Brad Mondo. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He did like need like a toner. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Another thing that I really noticed was Kim didn't post any lavish gift from Kanye. And I feel like I've been like a naysayer, like 
no, the divorce rumors like aren't true. Like maybe they're having a rough patch, but I, I didn't believe the divorce rumors until now. I think Kim has been done with Kanye for a very long time. And I think she, at this point she's like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like peace out. I'm out of here. I'm done with your sh- bullshit. I'm surprised she put up with his shit for as long as she did. Yeah. Yeah. Kim's always about like the public image. So I think, yeah, she like tried to hold on tight, but I mean, I do commend her because like a lot of Kanye's problems are connected to his mental health issues. So I do commend her for Mm -hmm. sticking it out and like helping him or trying to help him get treatment because, you know, a lot of the behaviors he's exhibited aren't necessarily him. It's not his fault. He's clearly mentally ill and needs help, but there comes a point where like, he's just being destructive and doesn't understand like that. He needs to commit to these things, not only for his wife, but like his children. So I I do commend her for that, but I also would not fault her for wanting to leave his ass. Yeah, completely. But we all know that Kris Jenner probably has some sort of plan to like release the divorce. Yeah, there's something. And when it comes out, we're all going to be like, aha. That all makes sense. <laughs> like, you sneaky, smart She's bitch. like the producers <laughs> of her family. Like, with wait, when we talk about Bachelor and all the stuff that goes on there, like, Chris Jenner is the production team. Like, it's comparable to, like, the producers on The Bachelor, in my opinion. I mean, she is a producer on Keeping Up. With I know, her. but, like, outside of the show, like, she's the producer of, like, the lives of all her children, which is fucking weird, <laughs> but okay. And I wonder if the big reveal is like coming on this Hulu deal that they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their new show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of speculation is I think it was when they taped the last episode of Keeping Up with Kardashians a while ago, was when the headlines first came out that Kim and Kanye were getting a divorce. So, speculation is that they like, purposefully did that so that the last episode would be like oh my god all this drama are Kim and Kanye actually getting a divorce <gasps> you'll have to tune in to the new show and like suspense keep us hanging and things like that so yeah and I'm like hook line and sinker <laughs> like I'll be there tuning <laughs> in that sounds amazing <laughs> I just feel like a lot of the recent things like hint at a divorce and yeah I just think it's inevitable that we'll get the announcement at some point but yeah I have no doubt that it's going to be like a huge reveal in other reality tv news Christine Quinn just announces today from selling sunset is pregnant I'm so happy for her Christine is not my favorite neither But yeah, I mean, obviously I'm happy for anyone who announces that they're pregnant and that they're growing their family. Um, but I I feel like selling Sunset, I love the show because I used to be in real estate. So I'm like, yeah, like dramatic real estate show. I'm all here for it. But it's almost to the point where it's like too fake. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, that would never really happen or just like those kinds of things. And there was a really viral TikTok that went around of this girl and she was like, uh, on selling sunset, Christine showed my house and said that she was listing it for like $20 million. And I never listed my house with her. Like my house was never for sale. Yes. I remember when that went around in the spring, I think like a lot of it has come out how like fake and produced it is. It's from Mm -hmm. the same creator of Laguna Beach in the Hills, Adam DeVello or 
whatever and the show in florida a uh, siesta key mm. <laughs> so it it makes sense that a lot of it is produced because we know that a lot of those tv shows were produced yeah i think like it had its moment especially just because of where we were in the world like it was March. Mm-hmm. like the second season came out in march when everyone was like at home so yeah, but I am very excited. Even though it's super fake, I just like looking at like the rich houses and like <laughs> the outfits and stuff like that. Me too. And I'm also like, uh, that house is $50 million. Who would buy that? Like, <laughs> and it's ugly. I'm like, oh, why would you spend $50 million on that? I know. I'm like, I want to meet the person who is buying this. Also, like a little side note before we move on to framing Brittany. Did you see Heather Ray Young's tattoo that she got for her husband for Valentine's Day? Yes. And I find it kind of creepy, but I, I guess I find their relationship kind of weird because Heather looks like a twin of Tarek's ex-wife, yes, uh, Christina. Christina. And I'm just like, you're literally marrying the same person. <laughs> yes. It's a tattoo for anyone who hasn't seen it because she deleted it off her Instagram because she was getting a lot of flack, but it's like on her like lower back. I was going to say on her love handle, on where it would be on like my love handle. <laughs> like, you know, like on the side and it says like, Yes, sir, Mr. Tarek El Moussa. What? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like, what What does that mean? I don't know, but I just, like, couldn't be me getting a tattoo of A, someone's name, B, something that says yes, sir. It, it sounds very, like, she's the submissive in the relationship and, like, they're into some, like, BDSM stuff, which is great if that's your style. But, like, why do you have to tattoo that on your freaking body? Oh my yeah, God. yeah. That's a good read that I haven't heard yet. Your first people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got so much hate that she like deleted it, which obviously that's like sad. I don't usually like commenting on mm-hmm. things like tattoos or like what people like can't fix or like change things that are permanent. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, this is one of the worst tattoos I've ever seen. Well, that makes me like question her mental state because like I would even be like, oh, should I put that on a T-shirt? No, that's weird. But then to be like, oh, I should tattoo that on my body. Something's wrong. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the font, the placement, (laughs) just everything was like bad, 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 bad. Anyways, recently another story that has been like dominating the media has been obviously the free Britney movement, but also this New York Times produced documentary called Framing Britney. Are you two big Britney fans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even think that's a I question. feel like we would have to have like our, our name of our podcast changed because you can't be a basic bitch without being a Britney Spears fan, right? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. I didn't think I knew how much of a fan I was until like someone like would like not quiz me, but like you would just be like oh my god I know actually so much about Britney Spears Mm -hmm. (laughs) and her music and her life Mm -hmm. um and I think that's like obviously been brought up just how we experienced Britney Spears career and life throughout the 2000s what was your like experience with Britney well I'll go first I think my answer is shorter than Alex's but like one of my the first CDs that I ever purchased, it wasn't the baby one more time. It was the oops. I did it again album along with 
the Bye 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 in sync album. Those are the very first CDs that I purchased when I got my CD player from Target, um, <laughs> of course. Um, but I, I did end up, of course, getting my own copy of Baby One More Time and since then have purchased every album um, of hers. And I think she was just like a constant person that I listened to in my life, not to the point where um, I would have considered myself a dedicated fan like some people would, but definitely consistent, like always backed her, even when people were like, oh, she shaved her head. She's crazy. I'm like, no, something else is going on. Like, I don't think that that's really like the, this, the reasoning behind like those types of pieces of media that we saw, like, I'm always like the skeptic of there's more going on there, even from a young age. So I've always been a fan of her. I've never been like against her by any means, but um, within the last couple of years, definitely like re-solidified my like loyalty to her because I get so defensive over her. Even just recently, a couple of days ago, like got into a conversation with one of my family members who was like, she's crazy. And I'm like, don't you dare say that about Brie. You don't know what she's been through. And just like start like rapid firing off facts about like her life. And I'm like, you don't even know what's going on and da da da. It's just like a whole thing. So like, that's kind of my whole history with it. But Alex, I think is a much more dedicated fan. I feel like growing up. So I grew up also as a competitive dancer and I was a professional dancer by the time I was 13 years old. And so I also spent a lot of my time in LA at the LA dance studios, dancing every single summer with my sister. And we also trained with Brittany's choreographer and really good friend. So I grew up learning the actual choreography from Brittany's music videos and like the really famous, I'm a slave for you music video. Like I could bust out and like full choreography still to this day. Like I still remember it because I remember learning it in the studio and I was just like, holy shit, like Britney Spears did this. Like, this is so cool. And just being such a big fan of her when I was like super well, young. Well, even to the point where like we were watching one of the recent documentaries and you're like, oh, that's our friend. Like they know like her and her sister, like I, I've never met more hardcore fans of Britney. Like we're watching this <laughs> and we're like, oh, that's so-and-so. I was talking to him like a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, who are you people? Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Okay. So you have like a really, yeah, intimate experience like growing up. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah. she was always just like an idol for me. Like obviously she's iconic, but she also just seemed like to embody what like you wanted to be, I guess, growing up. Like mm-hmm. I don't think I ever realized until recently like how much scrutiny she had from like the media and how that really has like impacted her life obviously with her like conservatorship and they talk a lot about like 2007 being like a difficult time period but yeah I I don't think I really realized yeah how much she was scrutinized and like picked apart until till we've learned about it and through like the free Britney movement pulling up like many examples of kind of these like hardships that she had to go through and she was kind of ahead of her time Um, like a lot of obviously female pop stars have come after her Mm -hmm. and that has also got me thinking about just like what's changed with our like pop culture landscape and like really what hasn't changed and like how we kind of do this to other people as well. Yeah I think it what was really interesting 
as I've been kind of reflecting on and over the last couple of months now that this has become more popular of a topic, um, I was also a huge, and this is a different industry, but I was a huge Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen fan. Yes, me too. They were my like mm-hmm. ulti- ultimate like child. I was part of their like fan club where you got like a monthly, like it was like fab fit fun for Mary Kate and Ashley. Like I got a book and a poster. I had their video game. Oh, I had everything. <laughs> I had CDs. I had movies. I had Barbie dolls. I had, you name it, I had it. And so, but the point is like, when they started acting out quote unquote, like in society, people were like, just blaming it on like drugs or like they're crazy. And it's like, I started to put two and two together that while there may have been some things that um, contributed to their behaviors, it's a lot of the environment that they grew up in. And they obviously started as literal infants in the industry, but even Britney Spears, like started in this industry at such a young age, like even before Mickey Mouse Club, like she was involved in the industry. And so like, of course, people come to their breaking point, but you also don't understand what goes on behind the scenes from a manipulation standpoint. And if you consider that and then look at all of your idols or whoever you looked at in the nineties or even before then, like Michael Jackson, even like like any pop star, Mm -hmm. any actress, whoever, who has quote unquote acted out or become like this, like, you know, problematic celebrity. It's like, there are reasons that they ended up this way. Some of them may have just been straight up like drugs and alcohol or like mental illness, but there are so many factors that go into the behaviors of these people. And so then that's why when I started realizing like with Mary Kate and Ashley at a young age, like what was going on with them, because when they were teenagers, I was like, probably like 10 or something. I was like, oh, well, so Britney Spears like kind of acts this way or like Amanda Bynes and like whoever else was like in the tabloids at the time, like I'd see the grocery store with my mom and I'm like, oh, I bet the same thing's happening to them that happened with like Mary Kay and Ashley. And so I think for people who look for it, like you, you could have seen it earlier on, but if you're not looking at it, like you're not someone who's super into pop culture or maybe you're into someone else and that's okay. But like, you just don't pick up on those things. You don't consider those factors that, go into making someone lose their fucking shit like Britney Spears did. So, um, I mean, can you blame her? So it's just very interesting Mm -hmm. to consider all of that. And also like looking back now, because a lot of us literally were children when this was happening yet, many people are coming out of the cracks saying, I always felt something wrong was happening, whether it was with her parents, production or whatever. I hope also too, that this, free Britney movement and that the documentary framing Britney, I hope it brings larger conversation to the table about like our media and idolizing people and the pressure that we put on these, you know, pop stars and celebrities and things like that, because Britney probably, you know, wouldn't have had that mental breakdown and, shaved her head and taken an umbrella to a car if she literally wasn't reaching that breaking point of paparazzi always following her always in her business from such a young age and we see this a lot in pop stars we saw it kind of in Miley Cyrus she went through like her whoa like she was this like Disney pop star and now she's like on a wrecking ball naked (sighs) type thing so I hope that people And especially these media companies that hire these paparazzis and things like that, like kind of take a step back and realize that 
they are damaging these people's lives. Like Britney's life has been taken from her because she wasn't able to control her life. And then her dad took over and that even fucked her up even more. Mm -hmm. And she's having to do all these things to try and take it back. And I feel like it's not completely her fault. We can't completely blame it on mental illness or anything like that. Like it is a combination of so many things and people need to take responsibility for, you know, doing that damage. Yeah. I think that's a really good point about like, yeah, these huge media companies, not just like her music production and publicists, et cetera, but the entire celebrity ecosystem. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something I have also found that I've been reflecting a lot on this year or like I just call like this year like 2020 2021 like (laughs) because what is time nowadays but like I think that's something I've been thinking about is like what is my like own like personal implication in this especially like having a pop culture like um podcast like Mm -hmm. how am I contributing in like a positive way or like an ethical way (laughs) because if there's no demand for this stuff like it goes away like and I completely get that like they are just doing stuff like these companies are doing stuff because there is a a demand for it so yeah it's been really interesting but I'm I'm so glad that it's getting so much public interest as well because I think that it will really like move the needle and yeah hopefully they figure out um, like ending the conservatorship mm-hmm. and she'll regain yeah her rights and money and stuff like that yeah I think it will further push people to think about what goes on behind the scenes as it pertains to like child celebrities essentially because the person who was supposed to protect her the most was her mother and father and her mom lost control pretty much immediately at, at the start of Britney's career because of Um, the dad's abusive behavior and manipulative behavior over the mom but it's like yes we can blame the paparazzi and yes we can blame these media companies but if you really look at the source of all of this it's her own flesh and blood her father and that is Mm -hmm. sick but imagine how many celebrities have that same story of I was a child actor I was a childhood you know singer whatever you were and your parent gets the control early on so even though you turn eight you still trust them and you're like oh my parent is going to make the best choice for me and that's absolutely not the case and there have been countless other stories of of you um of people hearing about people's parents screwing them over or like um i think it's selena gomez like her dad wasn't in her life and same with justin bieber they're famous and then like eventually that like estranged parent tries to come back and want to play a role and it's of course all financial and power driven and it's really sad but like there are so many other people that we don't know about that could have been in the same situation. It may have not gotten to the point of this conservatorship, but just the manipulation and the power that their own parent has behind their career, it's really sad. Um, and so it kind of explains a lot of the other you know, narratives that we've seen for pop stars and actresses and actors and whoever else in the media. Um, so I really hope that as to Alex's point, this it opens people's eyes outside of Britney and people can apply this information and knowledge to other people's scenarios and kind of give them a little bit more empathy. Yeah. I like the first person that comes to mind is like Alex Dumphy off of modern family. I can't remember the actress's name. Mm-hmm. Ariel. 
Ariel, like I think something similar happened with her and I'm sure there's like countless other people that are just not coming to mind, but you're totally right. Like especially as a child, you're looking uh, to your parent for advice and guidance and support and hearing that she didn't get any of that is is really, really, really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. I am thinking about doing like a full deep dive episode on this because I think that I could literally talk about this forever so uh stay tuned for that one last thing I want to touch on before I move on is like Justin Timberlake like this got so much media attention that Justin Timberlake did like a notes app apology and who knows if it's legitimate or just forced the masses I guess forcing his hand to apologize but I was surprised that it like reached that level of like that everyone's talking about it and his role in like Britney Spears and Janet Jackson's downfall or like falling from grace so it's interesting and I haven't looked into this further because as this was happening the Chris Harrison stuff happened but I didn't really fully get from this, like, whatever the one on Hulu is about framing Britney. Like, that is a pretty short, you know, uh, episode of what's going on. Where are people drawing the accusations against Justin? Is it from that specifically or is there something else? Because personally, just watching that, I could see how people could be upset. But I feel like I'm missing some of the pieces to the puzzle to understand where these feelings are coming from and again it's just because I literally haven't googled it which I know I tell people to google all the time if you don't know about something (laughs) but now that we're talking about it I'm thinking gosh you know I didn't get this like I didn't have this fire lit inside of me from watching that where is this coming from for other people right think like obviously the Janet Jackson one is like explicit it was the Super Bowl incident but with Brittany Mm -hmm. From what I've gathered so far, him using her likeness in the Crimea River video and then using that as a way to boost like public interest in his music was damaging to her career and she was the bad girlfriend that cheated on him and that kind of mm. like slander was happening after. I I I can't recall if there was like a specific incident but I think just like that was a big like crack in her like previously perfect veneer of was their breakup so I think it was just like using yeah using her platform and stuff to get eyes on his music a lot of people likened it to Taylor Swift and Kanye like obviously the song lyrics uh that she agreed to but maybe didn't fully know the extent of what was happening because apparently he did ask Britney about it and she agreed to it but it was like her understanding of it was way less than Mm -hmm. what actually happened okay and I know Janet made a statement saying that she accepted and appreciated Justin's apology And then also when Justin came out with the apology, Janet's old album Control hit like number one again. And so she was like, you know, thanks (laughs) Justin for like making my music popular again. So going back to my point of these um, celebrities and pop stars are under such a microscope and there's like so many things and factors that go into these issues that they have. I also think Justin Timberlake, you know, had a little bit of that because he was also on the Mickey Mouse Club show. Yeah. So I don't think he would do anything like maliciously. I don't know him, but also there's people probably on Justin's team and people on Britney's team that 
were influencing these decisions. So I don't think you can really pinpoint it on one person Mm -hmm. to take the blame for these things. Yeah, that's a good point of like, I don't think it's Justin like scheming how to take down Britney Spears and look like the good guy in their breakup. You're right. Like the concept was probably by like a whole team and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. I do wish for people to like have some and like it's like who even knows how much control they have in in some of these situations like the artistic development and stuff but I do wish also that some celebrities are more cognizant of like what some of the social implications are especially him being a guy and like these two women like the implications for them are going to be different. Um, Mm -hmm. Just the way that women get scrutinized in media. So it's like, I am also asking for you to do better as well. But yeah, I do understand that like with every celebrity move, there's a million other decisions that are being made like on their behalf. And there's a whole team in the back orchestrating all of it. And this like Justin or the Britney or whoever is just delivering the decision. Yeah, 100%. Stay tuned for a deep dive into the Free Britney movement because yeah, I feel like I really want to like put on my investigator hat and like really deep dive into it. There's so <laughs> much out there. I've listened to countless podcasts and like they're even they'll do like two part episode like two hours each and they're like they we're only covering like the high level so it almost is like pick a time period and then do an episode per time because there is so much detail to cover yeah that's so true because yeah it's like over what 20 years or Mm -hmm. or more that's so wild to think about okay we're gonna wrap up with a this week in petty story lauren what is your this week in petty So I originally had one story, but I think I'll hit you with two because the first one is actually like one I'm more proud of. So there's a there's a gentleman or I wouldn't call him a gentleman, but there's someone in Alex and I's life that we particularly are not a fan of right now. And um, in a personal matter, not related to Bachelor Nation. I was just going to say Chris Harrison. (laughs) And um, I don't want to like give too much detail. So I can't be like, you know. Yes. Um, anyway, this person has caused a lot of drama in our lives from a, another connected person to us. Anyway, I was like, how can I make this person like feel annoyed and <laughs> just frustrated on a daily basis without doing anything illegal? Like, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want there to be a trace of who I am or how, where this <laughs> I came love from. where so, this is going. And this person, I believe, is a... Um, like Trump supporter like type of vibe. So I signed them up for countless text updates from like um, the DNC, NAACP, <laughs> you name it, whatever political campaign does like daily texts asking for donations and updating you and whatever, like this person's number has been signed up for that. And so it's not vicious because it's not going to ruin their life. It cost me zero dollars. They can't trace it to me. But I was like, I was like, how can I be so petty? Like I get <laughs> freaking annoyed when I get auto texts or like spam calls. Yes. So I'm just like going everywhere. It, I only spent a couple of hours on it, but I was just like, okay, this is next level petty and I am here for it. And I was so proud of myself for thinking of it. I kind of forgot about that too. So I'm like, where are you going with this story? And then I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> Alex's face was like searching like for who it was. Yeah. That's iconic. I I'm obsessed with that. That is such a good Yeah. So if you ever want to get someone back just and like just to annoy them. Like I get calls all the time for things that I probably accidentally signed up for, like you know, the spam calls of you've been you can win a hotel stay at the Marriott or whatever. Like 
do all that shit. That is the easiest way to piss someone off on a daily basis. And they'll never be able to figure out how it happened. I love that. And what about if you like changed his mind? <laughs> like Maybe I'm being too hopeful. But... That would be amazing. <laughs> um, but then like on another note, because I know Alex is struggling to find her petty story of the week, but well, so I haven't done it yet, but I plan on doing it. So I'm still going to share it because I think it's freaking hilarious. I have someone in my life that I dated for quite a long time and we had a very uh, bad kind of ending. And this was like years and years ago, but I've always wanted to do something petty just to, to make me feel better about, about the whole entire situation. So I saw the viral uh, TikTok trend of buying random keys on like Amazon and then getting like the little key attachment thing that you can like write on and writing their phone number on it and then dropping it in random places. (laughs) So people just like nonstop calling them. So I plan on doing that. I haven't done it yet. But it's been on my to-do list for a couple of weeks. I'm obsessed with that. I'm. <laughs> these are excellent stories. I can't wait for the listeners to hear these. You're in good company here. I've had another guest, Nick, on this podcast, and he talked about um, another key-related story. So <laughs> you are in good company, and the listeners love that. So I can't wait for them to hear about these two stories. These are iconic. Nothing like fuels my fire than like a little bit so of. So I have payback. a petty story that like the listeners could actually participate in if they want to be petty as well. Oh, interesting. Tell us more. <laughs> so if you are a fan of Bachelor Nation and you are fired up about this Chris Harrison monstrosity, I think went to a maximum level petty this last week and drafted up a template and found contact info for the press contacts at bachelor. Um, so if you want to tell them how you feel about this stuff with Chris Harrison, Chris Harrison, and if you want to see him fired, um, you can go to the link in our bio on Instagram and I have a template, the contact info, everything you need, all you have to do is copy paste. And, um, the reason that it's petty is because at this point I'm almost positive just based on my guess, over like 1500 people have emailed these press contacts. So um, you can also participate in the petty and continue to blow up these people's inboxes and tell them what's good. I love that. We are on the hashtag fire Chris Harrison train at RTBP. And I will be doing that once we sign off. And I'm sure the listeners will want to too. That's great. I love that. Like usually I'm writing to like a local politician. but Yeah, that's where I got the idea though. I was like, every time there's like an issue, like everyone's like email your senators, email your so-and-so. And I'm like, email ABC, email Warner yes. Brothers, email whoever the hell to get like their attention. It's the same thing, right? So, and it's not illegal. It's public information. Yeah, that honestly makes so much sense now that I think about it. And I can't wait to do that. I think that's a great idea. And I'll put the link uh, in the show notes. So if you want to participate, just take a peek there. Thank you so much, you two, for coming on. This was really fun. And I feel like I learned a little, laughed a lot. It was great. (laughs) 
Well, thank you so much for having us. This was fun. And it was a great thank break you. from like the bachelor drama. And I'm always down to be petty. So <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I love that. Sometimes I'm like, do people get the concept? But like you two like got the concept. <laughs> I feel like part of being a basic bitch is having like that pettiness yes. in your soul. I mean, like I won't deny it, but I'm like the person on my, like my work emails being like per my last <laughs> yes, email. Yes. Like, yes, yes, we are. I'm that petty. Per your last email girls over here. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I love that so much. So where can the RTBP listeners check out your podcast and your socials? Uh, you can find us on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, all that good stuff. Um, you can find us on Instagram at the basic bitch podcast. Lauren, where else can they find us? We are on Twitter. I do live tweeting every episode on Monday. So we are at basic bitch pod. We're also on Facebook. Um, if you're into like this new, yeah, if you're into this new clubhouse app, we are on clubhouse. If you need to invite, we have some extras. I, I haven't really figured out the whole like concept of clubhouse yet, but we are on TikTok at the basic bitch podcast. Um, so hit us up. We'd love to get to know you. We are all about connecting with our listeners. So send us a DM, um, especially if you listen to the show and, and tell us what's good. Amazing. Well, thanks again so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having thank us. You. It was fun. And there you have it. Thanks to Alex and Lauren for coming on today's episode. And thank you so much for listening. If you have a topic you want me to talk about next, message me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at RTBP Podcast. You can also join our listener Facebook group at Ready to Be Petty Podcast group. And leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts helps the pod find new listeners. I hope that you are staying safe and well out there. I know, especially February every year, but this year in particular is really difficult. So take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and reach out for help if you need it. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.